Simple Life Together, Episode 39, Simple Meal Planning and Paying for Excess Baggage. Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. On the last episode of the show, I talked about making food simple, and Dan talked about preparation meets opportunity. On today's show, I'm going to share some meal planning tips with you, and Dan is going to talk about the cost of carrying too much stuff. But first, we'd like to share a couple of updates and a little bit of feedback. And I want to put the disclaimer up front again. We still got the crud. Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's like this cough and congestion and everything. It just won't go away, but Ugh. we're going to work through it. Yeah, so sorry if we sound awful. Yeah, it took me <laughs> long, last week, it took me longer to edit the show than it did to record it. <laughs> so so you, I think you owe us a little update, too, on the bird situation. Oh, yeah, the bird story we talked about last episode. Um, well, we, you know, we saved two baby birds, but um, I think one flew the coop. So we're just praying that that one did okay, and yeah. but the other the one, one it got caught up in the circle of life. <laughs> so, at least we think so. A lot of feathers in the front lawn. So. Yeah, it looked like ugly gray cat was looked a little happy and full. So yeah, bummer. I didn't tell little sunshine about it. So <laughs> anyway, so oh, and I got to tell you guys too that we've gotten some feedback that um, people would chuckle sometimes when they hear me say anywho's. I know that's not a word. I know it's not. <laughs> I just picked it up years ago when I was a. A second lieutenant, there was this first lieutenant, she used to say it all the time, and I just thought it was funny and quirky and cute, so I picked it up and I haven't dropped it. So I know it's not any way um, or anyhow, it's just any who's, okay? And I, I say it on purpose, and now it's just, anyway. It's just your thing. Any who's. Well, any who's, there you go. And you may want to have a piece of paper and a pen ready in this episode, because we have a couple of new links to share. And one of them I'm going to talk about right now. So, of course, we've mentioned Michael Hyatt numerous times in past episodes, and especially when it comes to life planning, because that's kind of really where we started out on this journey was when we were talking about our life plan. Mm -hmm. Well, back in February of this year, 2013, I went to Michael Hyatt's first platform conference. And you may recall, Michael has a book titled uh, Platform, Get Noticed in a Noisy World. Well, he gathered some amazing speakers and uh, a bunch of experts in various areas of building your platform for your business or your online persona, I guess you could say. And it was fantastic. I went. It was fantastic. It was about 150 of us gathered in the uh, historic Sound Kitchen Studios in Franklin, Tennessee. And we're all just like listening and learning, talking and sharing about building a platform. And honestly, it was so good that I signed up to go again in November. Yeah, and I'm going this time too. Yeah, so we're both going to go this time. Yeah. So if you're building that side gig we talked about, or you're just trying to build your platform within your company, uh, your industry, your field or whatever, you may want to consider the Platform Conference. And this one runs from 3 to 5 November in Dallas, Texas. This time it's not in Franklin, it's in Dallas. It's at the Omni Dallas Hotel at Park West. Michael and his team have given us a special discount code just for Simple Life Together listeners that you can even use on top of the early bird pricing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So if you're interested to register for the event or you just want to learn more, go to simplelifetogether.com slash platform. And if you sign up, use coupon code SIMPLE to save $100 off your registration. So as you're going through and you're signing up in that little discount code box, just type SIMPLE, and uh, that'll give you $100 off of your registration. So I'm sure this event's going to sell out quickly. I know the first one did really, really quickly. And um, I got to tell you, it was a first-class event. 
and check it out. And if you're interested, we'd, heck, we'd love to see you there. Yeah, that'd be, be awesome. really cool. <laughs> well, as always, we want to thank any of you who have ever taken the time to leave us a rating and review in iTunes. If you get the chance, please head over to simplelifetogether.com slash iTunes, where Dan made a one-minute video to show you exactly how it's done. Yeah, so I figured I'd do, the, that. I'd do the video, and then I wouldn't have to say it every time on the show, and people wouldn't have to sit through that and listen to Well, that's kind of simple. Yeah, well, there you there go. There you go. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into the topics, and Vanessa, it's your turn to lead off today. Well, even though we still have the crud, I'm actually feeling pretty good right now. Good. Yeah, the kids are back in school, and they're both happy and excited, and and we just started a new routine that I think is going really good. <laughs> it's going great. So, And I know it's only been a couple of days. Well, actually, we started practicing our new routine about a week ago. Yeah, about we, a week ago, yeah. Yeah, because we want to get the kids into the routine of waking up earlier and all that good stuff. And But I feel like I'm adjusting to it pretty well. How about you? I am, too. It's, uh, it is taking a little getting used to just, uh, you know, leaving the house earlier and, yeah. you know, starting out on my 19-step commute to the World Shed Quarters. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's had a big impact on me. Honestly, I've been a lot more productive. Well, you know, um, you talked a few episodes ago about doing, you know, a personal review. And one thing that you mentioned was that you needed to focus more on your productive time, which is in the morning. That's yeah, your productive time, right? Definitely. So hearing that and being the attentive, caring wife that I am. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I put together and proposed a new schedule and daily routine. Um, I was completely on board. So. Yeah. I was like, okay, so, you know, this is kind of how we work. If there is something that's causing frustration and stress, we just try to figure it out. Right. And I try to analyze it and come up with a good routine. That's just, that's what I do. That's how I contribute to the family here. <laughs> but basically what I did is I listed all the daily reoccurring tasks that needed to get done and, and when they needed to get done. Things like, you know, waking the kids up, making breakfast, prepping the dinners, taking the kids to school and all that kind of good stuff. You know, practices, workouts, homework, dinner, all that. Yeah, picking the kids up. From yeah, school too, all right? that stuff. Right. And then what I did, I created a, a Google calendar called school schedule slash routines and, and plugged all of those things onto the calendar and made them reoccurring events. And it's been so cool for me because I don't have to reinvent the wheel every day. And it's totally helping me to stay on track or helping us to stay on track. Yeah. And at first, it's a little overwhelming because I have all these different tasks located on, on the calendar. And it has, there's something going on like every hour, half hour, you know, kind of a thing. But that's okay. It's just, you know, we talked about repetition and, you know, doing something over and over again. And that's, it's just going to help me get into the habit towards second nature. And I'll think about it. Right. And the, the cool thing about Google calendars is that you can hide calendars. And so if your calendar is looking too overwhelmed because you had too many different calendars, well, then hide the ones that you need yeah, to hide. Yeah, just unclick the, yeah, unclick the display. and Yeah. So, so I've got a work calendar so I can. I can hide that one while I look at our daily schedule stuff and, and get a feel for what's going on. Yeah. And then I can click it on and bring it back on. So anywho, this whole thing has got me in, in a great mood. And um, another thing that's been nice is that I'm making some personal improvements as well. And I guess after Dan's talk about doing a personal review, I kind of do one of my own. And what I did is I was analyzing some of the things that have gotten us off track or that has caused some frustration and stress between us. Wait a second. What are you talking about? Yes. You and I get flustrated with one another sometimes. Flusterated. Yes. <laughs> another made up word. Hey, that's just what we do here. Yep. <laughs> so it's true. You know, we're like any other normal healthy couple, but we do have our moments. And so the good thing is that we always seem to be able to talk about it, whether we want to or not. Yeah. Um, but we get whatever is bothering us off of our chest and we do some self-reflection to identify the things that we personally could do better to ease that stress. Well, as I was doing the self-reflection, I realized that there were two things in particular that had been causing stress between us. One was my waiting until the last minute to get dressed whenever <laughs> we were going out or had to meet some folks yeah. or just you know take the kids somewhere, whatever the case was, is I would just wait to the last minute. And 
that was causing quite a bit of stress because apparently fashionably late isn't so fashionable. Yeah, well, remember, you know, that corollary to Parkinson's law, if you wait till the last minute, it only takes a minute. Yeah. Well, it doesn't work <laughs> when, you're, when you're getting ready. Because so, it doesn't just take a minute. You're right. And so, I, you know, and I can't blame Dan for being frustrated with that whole deal, you know, and when everyone else is ready to go and then, and it's not crazy late. It's like five no, minutes yeah. late or whatever. And I'm kind of, and that's kind of my thing. You well, know, yeah, I'm a the whole military to it. Well, the military deal was like yeah. you know, early is on time, on time is late, late is unacceptable, yeah. basically. Yeah. And if it was, if if you're only ten minutes early, then you're five minutes late. Yeah, because you're so. expected to be there fifteen minutes <laughs> early. Well, the other thing that was causing stress was not having our dinners very well planned out. Sometimes I'd have a meal plan set up, but then I'd either get busy at work with my clients or distracted with other work or home projects, and would totally forget about it. And I think I also got used to Dan making dinner when I was really busy this past spring, <laughs> yeah. which we, he was more than happy to do, but he just didn't like waiting until the last minute to decide what we were having and not being clear on who was responsible for what. Again, I can't blame him. Because when you get used to someone being responsible for something, then all of a sudden they're not, and you've never talked about it, like who with the new roles and responsibility. Exactly. It's confusing. There's too many assumed expectations or whatnot. I was it's, trying to think of the word that's exactly right, assumed expectations. Yeah, it's just too, you know, too many assumptions, and then... When you assume it's all, you know, you, you got to get clear on that stuff. So what I decided to do is work on those two areas, being early, not just on time, but early and having a meal plan and clearly defining responsibilities with our meal planning, which is what I'm going to talk about today. And I know that's kind of a long winded roundabout way to introduce my topic, but I just had to give you the backstory. Of course. Yeah. Baby got backstory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're such a dork. <laughs> Well, we've also gotten a few requests from our listeners about meal planning. So since that's something that I'm working on personally, I thought it'd be a perfect topic to talk about for this week's episode. Yeah, we have gotten quite a few people that have uh, written in about that. Yeah, you know, a lot of folks with families and they just get kind of stressed out. And you don't have to have a family. It's, you know, it's kind of, you could just have friends that you're living with or, you know, other folks in the household. But or um, even for yourself, because yeah. if you don't plan out what you're going to have, you usually end up defaulting to those not so good for you foods. The exactly. It's the easy button. And, yeah. Absolutely. So here we go. So the number one key to meal planning is to, well, plan. Yes, it's that simple. <laughs> as much as I wish it was the case, dinner isn't going to magically make itself, okay? And I know it may not be a fun thing for a lot of people, but it can be once you simplify it and get into the groove. So let's talk about some ways to make meal planning a little easier. Okay, so plan one week of meals at a time. That includes breakfast, lunches, dinners, and after-school snacks. Yes, take the time to plan all of your meals, not just dinner. And trust me, it will save you time and stress in the long run. Yeah, really. I guess that, like you talked about last week, you have about 80% of your meals are about the same. Yes, exactly. Right? So mm-hmm. the plan shouldn't be too difficult. A lot of people have the same thing every morning for breakfast or whatever. Yeah, and you, so. once you decide those, those reoccurring meals, if you will, yeah. or whatnot, then that's when it gets easy and you get into the groove. <laughs> okay, so... Yep. Another thing you can do is review your calendar for the week ahead to see if there are nights where you won't need to make a meal or, or that you won't be able to because maybe there's too many activities going on or events and so that it might be easier to go out and eat. Yeah. So And you know, there's also been a few times where we like take meat out of the freezer and let it defrost mm-hmm. and then something comes up. Like you said, we didn't check the calendar and then something comes up and then something else comes yeah. up and you're like, now I have to make that chicken before it like walks off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, the other thing that you can do too is if you look at your calendar and you know that something's coming up or it's going to be pushing into your dinner time and your prep time for dinner, uh-huh. maybe you should just make a simple meal. So like a crock pot meal. So I know oh, that yes. sometimes if we're busy, at least, um, or one of the, only half the family's going to be home, sometimes I'll just make a crock pot meal and it's ready for whenever you guys can eat it. You know, it's just kind of serve yourself kind of a deal. Right. So, yep. so yeah, just check your calendar ahead to see what's coming up. That's so that'll, yeah, that'll give you a better idea of what you need to make on that day. And here's another thing that you could do is plan for a leftover night. Some meals are easy and, and cheaper to make in bulk. So why not make a little extra for lunch the next day or maybe have that same meal again a couple days later? For example, we had pot roast last night and I made extra so I could have, take some to work today when I go see my client. So you can think about that. Just maybe some of your meals can be leftovers for yeah. for work the next day. I, you know, I think leftover meals like totally like a bonus meal because <laughs> it's usually really good, mm-hmm. right? And you don't have to clean up much afterwards because it's already prepared. Exactly. And yeah. you're already putting it into a storage container when you clean up at yeah. night. So then it makes making lunch the next day so much easier, yeah. too. So. And I'm a guy. I usually eat right out of the container. There you, you go. Know, it's yeah, not just like I'm going to get myself a plate. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, here's another cool idea is that you can pick one or two theme nights or every night could be a theme night if you want to make it really simple <laughs> and and have the same meal every week on that night. Like you could have Mondo Burger Monday or... Taco Tuesday or Nacho Ordinary Wednesday. <laughs> Nacho Ordinary Wednesday. I have no idea where I got those names or if I like subconsciously stole those names from someone else's website. But if I did, I'm totally sorry. And I, I won't take credit for it. But I thought they were clever names. I may have made them up or I may have gotten them from somebody else. And I'm sorry if I did. Because so. it might be the case that those are Nacho names. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another good idea is to shop only one or two times a week. And I've said this multiple times before, but for consistency, pick the days you want to go shopping and block that time off on your calendar. So so for an example, you may want to do your meal planning on a Saturday or Sunday, then go grocery shopping early in the morning or the next day on a Monday when it's slower and not so busy. <laughs> Whatever you can fit in. I understand there's a lot of folks that are working and there's only certain times I think go shopping. But the whole idea is just to be consistent with it because right. you know you're going to get it done because you blocked off that time. You don't want to stress yourself out having to go to the store every night after work when it's crazy busy. You're already stressed out. Your time is already crunched. So don't do that. Right. Okay? Yep. Cool. Now, speaking of shopping, shop only at your favorite grocery stores and one to two max. Um, don't waste time going to different stores just to get those couple of items that have the best deal or the best price because you're going to waste so much time traveling to those different places, getting in and out of the car and just for what, a 50 cent coupon we or whatever. We used to do that. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. And yeah, I had a little bit more time when I was a stay-at-home mom, but it was it was stressed me out. It ended up being a, a half-a-day event. I mean, it was just ridiculous. I'd go to three or four different stores because I like this product here and this product. I said, no, not doing it anymore. I'm going to go to these two stores and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so far we talked about how to plan for one week at a time, making extra dinner for leftovers, maybe doing theme night dinners and shopping only at a couple of stores at a time. And But here are some other ways to organize your meal planning. Keep a grocery list in open view so that you and your family can write down items to get when you run out. Dry erase boards, sticky pads, and magnetic notepads stuck on the fridge work really great. Make sure you tell your kids and spouse to use a list too when they notice that something is low or has run out. Just get them into the habit of doing it. Because if I can get my husband and teenage son to do it, you can too. (laughs) We have a, a glass board in our kitchen. And that's where I have the grocery list. I have our family to-do list. And I also have our meals there. Yeah. So it's in, that's everybody goes into the kitchen. That's the hub of the house. And so everybody sees it and it's convenient. And it's just, that's where I know that we can put stuff down. So yeah. everybody uses it and it's yeah. great. And you transfer that over to grocery gadget. I usually just take a picture of it with my iPhone and yeah. 
shop off the picture. Yeah, I like grocery gadget. And I'll talk about that in a minute here, too. Okay. <laughs> so what you can do, too, is organize your grocery list by store and then by category. So, for example, if you shop at Walmart, you would make a Walmart list or a Safeway list or whatever. These different stores, we have HEB here. And then put dairy, meats, produce, canned goods, however you want to do it. But just kind of think about how the store is set up and create your list that way. You don't want to have on your list, here's, I want to get apples and then cheese and then crackers and then milk. Because you know, you they're all on different sides of the store. All different sides. So if you do that, you tend to shop kind of how your list goes or it gets kind of confusing. Make it easier from the beginning and categorize your list by the different sections of the store. Now, a cool way to do that and create multiple lists um, in one spot is to use an app. And there's, I'm sure there's different apps out there. I personally use Grocery Gadget. And it's, I love it because there's so many different utilities to it. So I can create multiple lists and then I can also mark down the amounts that I want. I can write down the price of it. So it has a running tally of how much money I'm spending as I pick up these items. There's a little bit of upfront work as far as typing in those numbers, but then once it's set in there, um, you're set. And then you can even attach like a tax amount to it too. So it gives you, no kidding, here's how much your groceries are going to cost. And you and can also take pictures of it. Yeah, which Dan really likes yeah. um, because sometimes I'll say, get this, and and I you know, assume that he knows what brand or amounts that I'm talking about, but you can write all that stuff in there. And you can even you know, identify if you have a coupon for that, so that sparks your memory if you have a coupon. And So it's really, really cool. I love it. You can use a desktop to set up your list. You can also email the list to somebody, or you can set up a group where you all share it, and they get the updates. It syncs automatically to theirs. So. And I know this is so cool. I just have not developed the habit of using it. Yeah, it's great. I, I have know, to I kind of remind you. you gotta work try your grocery one. gadget. It's all in yeah. there. <laughs> so now you could actually, like you said, I write it down the dry erase board first, and then I put it into grocery gadget. That's just easy because it's just quick. I'm usually busy when I'm when I notice that something's out. So it's easy for me to write it down first and then I'll type it in later. But you could type it in right away if you want to, if you find that to be easier for you. Yeah. I what, digress. And once, once everything is in Grocery Gadget, it's, it's, our, it's in there. It's done. And it's yeah. just a matter of checking it or unchecking it if you need it. So Right. And then you clear the list when you're done shopping. And then once you, got, once you start creating a new list, you just type in a few letters and it'll pop up. Like carrots, you know, C A R, and then it'll list anything that starts with those three letters first. And so, yeah, easy search. Cool. It's awesome. Okay, so another thing you can do is batch shopping with other errands if possible. Let's say you've got to go to the post office, then gas up, and then do some dry cleaning drop off. Maybe do it all together. And then at the end of that trip of doing errands, you can go grocery shopping. And of course, I would recommend doing at the end because you might have some cold and frozen items that you don't want to be sitting in the car while you do the other errands. So, just batch your tasks. Get it all done kind of together. The next one, get into a routine of making your lunches the night before. And I've mentioned this as well. I know when we talk about like back to school and routines and things, but just don't stress yourself out trying to make lunches in the morning, especially if you're trying to get the whole family, yourself and everybody out the door. Yeah, mornings are busy enough. Yeah, you're right. To piggyback on the lunch routine, you may also want to review your meal schedule the night before so that you are prepared to make tomorrow's dinner. This can be very helpful, especially if you need to pull out items from the freezer to thaw out overnight. And sometimes you'll need to pull items out two nights in advance. Yeah, like to, when we do a big uh, tri-tip roast or, or pot roast or something like that. Right? Yeah, it takes a lot more time to, to defrost. So now, if those tips aren't enough for you, here are just a couple more ideas that might help. Get your kids and or significant other involved. Have them plan the meals that they want for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I find this particularly helpful when I get Dan involved, especially because 
he has very refined tastes, <laughs> and I can eat anything. <laughs> yeah, she, well, that's a nice way of saying picky. Yeah, exactly. Actually, my, my tastes are very similar. I eat the same things all the time. Yeah. You know, meat and something to drink. Yeah, that's you know, pretty much that, it. <laughs> yeah. Except for when we're juicing. That's right. So so we try to work it out. I, I have some ideas, and then he has some other ideas, and then we just kind of work it out, and it makes it so much easier. In line with getting the family involved, be sure to define roles and responsibilities for dinner and its preparation. This was part of our problem. We, we didn't define who was responsible for what for a long time. It got kind of off track. So we decided when we wanted dinner time to be, as well as who prepares the meal and side items and, and who will set the table and do dishes and things like that. So don't assume. Get those roles and responsibilities decided upon and explain it to the family, and then it's going to run a lot smoother. It sure will, yep. Now keep meals simple during the week. You can get creative on the weekends. I know sometimes I would make these crazy elaborate meals on the weeknights and it was just stressing me out because it was creating too much dishes, too much work, and and there's too many other things that need to get done like homework and all that stuff. So try to make the meals simple during the week and then you can get crazy and, and creative on the weekends. So when I say simple, I mean things like meals made in a crock pot. Like we make crock pot tacos. Crock pot tacos. I love <laughs> yeah. crock pot tacos. We do uh, pot roast, which we just had last night. Barbecue pork sandwiches and chili. And then we do a lot of meals on the grill, which are pretty easy. It's just a matter of marinating the meat. Things like burgers, hot dogs, whatever. You can make them simple and not stress yourself out. Now, um, if you want to get really crazy, here's another tip. Try creating a 31-day meal plan. I made one five years ago, and I still use it occasionally. From time to time. From time, yeah. to time I yep. use it. You know, At least I reference all the meals on there. It's pretty yeah. cool. But this is something that I did, and I had a few folks um, implement it as well. Basically, what you do is you make a list and number it 1 through 31. Then you assign a meal to each number. Some meals can be repeated, like we used to eat pizza all the, all the time. But like fajitas, we love fajitas. So we will repeat that every week. Just be sure to space the repeat meals at least seven numbers apart so you're not eating the same meal twice in one week. Each number corresponds to the day of the month. For example, number one equals the first, number 15 equals the 15th, and so on. Obviously, not every month has 31 days in it, so you can simply skip the meal listed as number 31. And then the third step is to post the list where everyone can see it. Print it out and put it on the fridge or your family bulletin board. Um, I used to keep this out so that everybody could see it because I couldn't stand everybody asking me, what's for dinner? What's for dinner? What's for dinner? I'm like, look at the list. You'll know. <laughs> no questions. So that's just a, an idea that you may want to try. So that's it. Those are my tips for meal planning. And I guess the, the key takeaway is that you really need to communicate that plan and get your family involved. And it's going to make things a lot simpler for you. And I know it has for us. It's been running so smoothly and I just feel less stressed and ready for the next day yeah. and, and, and for the day. It's just been awesome. I agree. Planning it makes it easy because you you know what to take out. You know when to start. Like when I'm cooking on the grill, I need lead time. Right. So it does go a long way towards making things a lot less stressful. Yes. All right. So that's it for me. What's your topic, Dan? All right. Well, I'm going to actually hit on some planning stuff a little bit uh, as well. So when we travel these days, especially by plane, we do our best to limit ourselves to one carry-on bag apiece when we can. And, you know, that isn't always possible when the little ones are involved. But we've developed, I think, a pretty good track record lately, don't you think? Yeah, I sure do. Yet, I still never seem to get through everything that I brought. I still seem to be overpacking at times. Mm -hmm. um, I do take a few just-in-case items still. And that's something I'm really working on. But recently, during my typical surfing around the internet, I came across an article talking about airlines 
charging for check bags and even bigger charges for excess baggage or heavier baggage. Mm-hmm. And now I know this isn't new. Airlines have been charging a lot for excess baggage for a long time. But as I, I was you know, following the rabbit and I was clicking around and I was just surprised at how emotional some people online were about that subject. And I started thinking about that. And like I said, kind of followed the mental rabbit down a lot of different holes. And so here are just a few things that went through my mind. I started thinking, why do people need to travel with so much stuff? I mean, I know logically that most people have more stuff than we do now, and that we've been guilty of this too, packing too much stuff. So I just kind of did a little five whys analysis on myself. Mm -hmm. And in the end, what it boiled down to for me was uh, there are some valid reasons for packing a lot, such as if you're going somewhere where there's big climate changes, or you need to take work clothes and, and play clothes, etc. You know, so, you know, you, there are some valid reasons. But I think the reason most people end up carrying way more than they need comes right back down to two things that are directly related to each other that we talked about a lot. Good old just in case. Oh, yeah. And delayed decisions, mm-hmm. right? So as for just in case, like I said, we talk about that all the time, but some people just condition themselves to have things handy just in case they need them. Yeah. And I've come to the conclusion that for me, that's just a mentality. It's, a, it's like this mental conditioning or this, I don't know, misaligned, like Boy Scout, be prepared syndrome, right? right? And it just carries over into every phase of our lives when we let it. And the reality is the Boy Scouts don't teach you that you need to take everything or you have to have it all with you. That saying really refers to your own personal state of readiness to improvise or adapt or innovate with the situation. And so I think we need to all get better at that. Mm -hmm. And as for the delayed decisions, when it comes to packing, in my case, often excess is packed too much just because it's an attempt to delay that decision on what you really are going to need. Hmm. So whether it's something to wear or something to have ready, whatever. But when you're packing, if you haven't decided on exactly what you're going to wear or pack, at the last minute, you just end up throwing everything in there, yeah, right? True, and the decision yeah. was really, was, it was delayed until you're forced to make it. And then you're already at your destination. I know you're really good at this because when you pack, you pack by outfit. I'm going to wear this during the day, this during the night. That's right. And then for every day of the vacation or your trip or whatever, you have it planned out by outfit. Yeah, and by then, day, yep. And then you take a lot of things that you can mix and match, right? right? And that's what I, need, I know I need to get better at. Actually, I'm still, I'm working on that. I'm working on taking less and just having, like I talked about with the travel clothes, is, yeah. is being able to coordinate different outfits, but be able to wear them a couple days in a row. And that's why I like that travel outfit, because yeah. you don't sneak as much. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so when you're thinking about just in case and delayed decisions, hopefully all these excess baggage charges have prompted some behavior modification in the way people travel. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, love these limits or hate them. The reality is if you want to go from point A to point B, especially when you're flying, if you want to bring along more, you're going to pay. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's just like when we used to go out to the field and packing stuff in our rucksacks. You know, there was the mentality of, you know, go light, go lean, or hump it and have it. You know, if, <laughs> if you have it, you got to carry it around. That's right. So I also kind of imagine what it would be like if there were no limits on what you could take on the oh, plane. Oh, boy. Could you imagine that? Just no limits, no excess baggage, no nothing? It would be chaos. Pack mules, man. That'd be I, well, crazy. I, I've ridden on planes with livestock before in my <laughs> travels. And, you know, it's not fun. I mean, but people would take everything. So with all this in mind, I, again, followed that mental rabbit down the next hole. And I started to think that uh, I know my habits have changed regarding 
travel packing. But And it really, it doesn't even apply to us too much because when we fly, we typically fly Southwest Airlines where we don't have to worry too much about limits anyway. Right. And we've honed our things down to usually a carry-on bag. But as I was thinking about it, I wanted to carry it a bit further. So how would this affect the rest of life? You know, because life doesn't have excess baggage restrictions. <laughs> so what kind of excess baggage am I, or in some cases we as a family, what are we carrying through life and what are those costs to bring them along. So if you've been restricted when you're on your air travel, what if there were more restrictions in life on self-imposed anyway right. on what you should bring along with you. So I, as I was thinking about it, a few things immediately came to mind on what I would consider our or my personal excess baggage. The first one is our Florida house. Oh yeah, yeah. Florida house. So we bought this house with the best of intentions in the downtrending housing market of 2008 and we're thinking, oh, it can only go up from here. <laughs> You know, you know, yeah. Ooh, we were wrong. Wonder, wonder how that worked out for us. Huh? But uh, but thankfully we have great tenants. Uh, but we still rent that house at a six hundred dollar a month deficit, which the cost of that directly affects our monthly available income without a doubt. Sure does. And plus little things like last week I had to write a six thousand dollar check for a new air conditioning system Ooh. there, and you know things like that can quickly sap that emergency fund that you try to build. And we're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. So what's going to happen next? You know, it's just all these little joys of home ownership that we cannot wait to free ourselves from that excess baggage. It's a beautiful home. It is. I mean, it's nicer than what we live now, where we live now. It's on a lake. It's got a pool and, you know, it's beautiful. But now we're waiting for the market to pick up so that we can hopefully pass that on to somebody else to enjoy. Unfortunately, we're upgrading everything on it (laughs) until then. So the next thing really are my tools. And I've mentioned this a few times before on the show because of all the DIY stuff I've done. Um, I've collected kind of a big collection of tools. It's got nice stuff out there. It is. I mean, I do have some really nice stuff, but I, and I've gotten rid of a bunch of them. I've had some luck selling things on Craigslist and so forth. And that's helped our edit and forget it total items quite a bit. Things that we've gotten rid of. But uh, I still have a way to go. And some of these are everyday tools that, of course, we'll keep around. You know, you need to have a set of screwdrivers and cordless drill and hammers and so forth. But we also have some big items that take up a lot of space and really are just, at this point, excess baggage. They're probably more valuable to somebody else at this point than they are to me. And honestly, most of them would probably already be gone if it wasn't for that whole just-in-case syndrome. You know, I really don't need a table saw right now. Right. I don't have any big projects coming up. I, you know, there's the I, house is pretty much done, and yeah. there's no major projects at all. Yeah. And if we did do anything, it would be small. We could probably contract it out. So yeah. If we wanted. So that's you know something I'm still working. I'm glad we're having this well. conversation. I know. I know you are. Yeah. Because <laughs> we got to fit the camp in. Camper <laughs> that's in that, right. In that. So some more um, things that I know I need to work on is, and I've mentioned this before too on the show, but some of my old military gear and my records and. Now, you may not believe this, but I can be a little sentimental. Definitely. He's a little bit more sentimental than I yeah. am. But the reality of it is... As far as physical things, yeah. to clarify, we're both sentimental, um, but I just don't feel an attachment to keep the physical items right. so much. Right, and I do. And the reality of it is, is keeping that Kevlar helmet around just because I wore it through a bunch of parachute jumps and deployments is probably not the best justification, <laughs> you know? And it's not like I'll be using that again. Or, and I'm sure our kids wouldn't want it. So, you know, why am I keeping it around? And I have about five bins of like documents and certificates and awards and plaques. And some of it, I'm just not ready to let go of yet. Well, you know, and the thing is, is that we have the space for it. 
We do. It's not taking up any space. It's it's organized. They're yeah. in bins. They're labeled. They're sitting out there. They they're not taking up any additional space. They're not getting in the way. But it's on his mind because he's just wondering why am I still holding on to this stuff? So right. it's got the baggage, I guess, for you mentally. Exactly. You know? That's it. And that's I have to understand that there's a cost. So, mm. and I'm glad you mentioned mentally because keeping excess baggage around really can sap your your energy and your mm-hmm. time, your freedom, your flexibility. And in some cases, like with their rental home, uh, financial security. Sure, sure. So, and if my goal is to have a pristine, clean, empty garage, then it is an obstacle that's in my way, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and if the housing market says that the, our home should sell for one hundred and twenty dollars a square foot, and I have five of these bins at about three square foot each, you know, I'm essentially paying math in public, uh, about $1,800, I guess, to store my excess life baggage there, yeah, those five, yeah. just those five bins. Right? I use that a lot with my clients. I say, how yeah. much is this, you know, how much square footage is all your stuff taking up and that right. can be used for something that can help you be more productive and whatnot? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't even scratch the surface of the cost of carrying excess, the rest right. of the costs, you know, like you mentioned, emotional excess baggage, mm-hmm. mental excess baggage. What is that costing you? And, and are you paying for that with your potential? Or are you paying for that with your motivation? Mm. You know, sometimes when you have these obstacles in front of you, you you have to deal with them and it's that excess baggage is getting in your way. Right. So here's my major takeaway. Just because life doesn't publicize it, don't think it's not charging you for excess baggage fees. (laughs) I like it. Take some time to really evaluate the stuff that's holding you back and try to figure out why you're letting it remain an obstacle, like I said. And and you just got to deal with it. Back in the day, you know, in, in military ops, we... We dealt with obstacles either by breaching them or destroying them or maneuvering around them. In other words, get through it, eliminate it, or avoid it. And ignoring it was never a viable option. Because, you know, you never know how it might come back at you. And ignoring your obstacles in life shouldn't be an option either. And what I mean by that is make a plan and deal with it. And I'm right there with you on this one. We've made an enormous amount of progress in this past year, but I can't just sit back and rest on my laurels for that. So I know I'm going to, and I'm asking that maybe you should too, give it some thought. What are some of the things that you'd consider excess baggage in your life? And how do you plan to overcome or eliminate them? I'd really like to hear what you think. And leave us a comment below the show notes at simplelifetogether.com slash 039. And just kind of mention what your excess baggage in life is right now and what you're doing to try to get rid of it. That's good. I really, really like that. It's so true. I love how you put things in perspective. (laughs) I'm the how-to gal. (laughs) Here's how you organize your life. Let's do it. One, two, three. And Uh and Dan really gets to thinking. And I really, I like that we all have baggage. And and like you said, you're not going to rest on your laurels. I've said this over and over again, that this way of living, it's a lifestyle. It's not just a one time I'm going to get rid of my stuff because naturally you're going to bring more stuff into your life. Yep. And you're going to have to let it go if you don't want to get overwhelmed and stressed out. If you really want a life of simplicity, you have to work on it daily. Right. It's not just going to, it's not a one-time deal. It's it's a lifestyle. And so we have definitely made some progress. We've let go of a ton of things, but we know there's still more to go. Yeah. And we're, we're still on that journey, but um, it's really cool. Yeah, we're working on it. Okay, moving on. Now, remember, if you have questions or comments, you can always reach us at dan at simplelifetogether.com and at Daniel Hayes on Twitter or Vanessa at simplelifetogether.com and at Get Simplified on Twitter. And there are links to our Google Plus profiles on the website. All right, so this one's kind of out of a blue, but I have a big question. Have you ever considered starting your own podcast? I know of at least two podcasts 
that Simple Life Together listeners have started after listening to the show. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and as I mentioned way back in episode two, I got my start in podcasting through the world's premier podcasting coach, Cliff Ravenscraft, and his podcasting A to Z course. So if you're considering taking the podcasting plunge, go to simplelifetogether.com slash cliff and watch the video at the top of the page. You can read the page and find out what the course is all about. And if you're interested, Cliff has given me a discount code for $500 off the course for Simple Life Together listeners. Seriously, $500. And you just use the discount code SIMPLE. Again, that's what we're... I like that. Yeah, the SIMPLE (laughs) discount code. Yeah, just use the discount code SIMPLE in the shopping cart. Pocket your 500 bucks and then get signed up for the world of podcasts. Oh, that's pretty cool. And and let us know if you're going to start because we... Would love to hear it and support you because you guys have supported us so much. So that's it. Moving on, we got the thing segment. So Vanessa, I think I'm going to go first on this one. That sounds great. Go for it. Yeah. So my thing is an update to Google Docs for automatically searching for links. So when you're working in a Google document, select the text you want to hyperlink. And then if you move your cursor down into the link field, it's going to automatically start searching that text that you, that you uh, highlighted, right? Oh. It'll bring up a whole bunch of results. So let's say, for instance, I select Simple Life Together. I highlight that text with my cursor, and then I click the little hyperlink button. Well, it'll automatically start searching the internet for web content that says Simple Life Together. Oh. It'll also search your other Google Drive files. It'll search headers and bookmarks and slides from the document or, or the presentation or whatever you're working on. So you can select one of these options, or you can just manually paste a link in there or an email address into the field to use that as the link. But the cool thing is, a lot of times when you're going to link to something, it's right there, something on the web that you're going to link to. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's a simple little tech thing. And honestly, like I said, honestly, I'm not sure when this came out, but I've used it a ton since I found it. Well, thanks. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Well, I've got a very simple thing this week. And it's just given a shout out to teachers. And um, I know a couple of teachers or former teachers, and they just put in so much work and effort to make sure your children get a good education. And I know that they have a lot of restraints, um, but a lot of things that are expected on them. And a lot of them put in extra time that they don't get paid for. They put in their own money a lot to get the products that they need. And so I really just wanted to say that I really appreciate what teachers do. And yeah. I think it's amazing. If you invest time with your, your teachers, of the, your children, it's really going to help in the long run. And so you just do things that you can do. Like for me, even though I really don't want this doll for my daughter, I don't think she needs this doll, but it's helping support the school to get new carpeting that's like 15 years old or whatever. Go ahead and make donations. Help out however you can. And if you can't volunteer your time, because I know that we talk about cutting down on volunteer commitments if you're stressed yeah. out and you know overtasked. So a lot of times what Dan and I will do is that we give a monetary donation as, instead of our time if it's limited. We give our time when we can because that's just as important. But I just wanted to say, I just think it's really important that you invest in your kids and those teachers and build a relationship with them and be involved and, and help out when you can and, and volunteer when you can if it's not too stressful for you. And I just think it makes a big difference because just a quick story here is we did invest in preschool for our daughter and our son and it has paid off yesterday. Yeah, big time. Yeah, yesterday, uh, Dan went to go pick up Sunshine and the teacher said, I had a little surprise today. And and Dan's like, okay, yeah, what? And she said that she started to read off the, the name, the covers of these books. And it just shocked her that she could read. And I think part of that is because, yes, she was in preschool. And I know a lot of people can do that. But the, I think the other thing is that we constantly talk to our children. We sing to our children. We involve them with stuff. And I think that's just, that's key. So 
Anyhow, kind of a weird thing, but I just wanted to say that I appreciate what, what our teachers do and our educators do, and I just think it's important that you stay involved with your children and their schools because it's just going to pay off in the long run. So, Yeah, good stuff. All I, right. I agree. All right, so that's it for episode 39 of Simple Life Together. I shared my thoughts on life's excess baggage, and Vanessa talked about simple meal planning. Dan's thing was automatic search when linking in a Google document, and my thing was my appreciation for teachers and their involvement with our kids' lives. And as usual, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash 039. To make sure you don't miss an episode, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and lots of other podcast directories as well. Yeah, and head on over to simplelifetogether.com where you can sign up for the Edit and Forget It Challenge over in the left column of the site. Now, let me remind you, because some folks may be listening to this episode for the first time, our Edit and Forget It Challenge is editing 2013 things from your life in the year 2013. Yeah. I know we keep saying that, but some folks may not even know what that's about. So it's all about letting go of that excess baggage. Yeah, like and there talked are a few hundred folks that are doing that. Yeah. So that's awesome. And also check out the Google Drive tutorial or use the free SideGig website guide if you're interested in starting a lifestyle business to support your simple life. So let us know what you think of the show and how you're simplifying your life too. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your simple life together. Simple life together.